Hello, welcome to the Mamas Know Best, We Got Something to Say podcast. This is a safe space where mamas can talk openly about their highs and lows of motherhood and to look deeper into who they are as women and their journey into motherhood. We may agree and disagree or cry and laugh, but one thing for sure is we will learn from one another and have a great time. So sit back and enjoy. On the current episode of the Mamas Know Best, We Got Something to Say podcast, I talk with a wonderful mama about her journey through motherhood as a young mom at 16 and parenting now at 33 with three children and a husband of 12 years. Okay. Well, hello, Miss Carlina Smith. Um, Thank you for joining the Mamas Know Best. Uh, We've got something to say podcast. You are my, you are officially my second guest. So yay. Um, so I just wanted to bring you on, um, first explain to the audience how many children you have, um, and just a little bit about yourself. Okay. Well, like you said, my name is Carlina Smith. Um, I am 33 years old. I am a mom of three. My oldest is 16. I have an 11 year old son and a 10 year old daughter. My oldest is a girl as well. Um, I'm originally from New York. Um, the Bronx. Yay, um, Bronx girls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the first time I moved out of New York was when I joined the Army back in 2005. Um, since then, I haven't lived back in New York, but I've lived in Virginia. I've lived in Texas. I've lived in North Carolina. And I finally settled down in um, Virginia. Yeah. Um, I'm married. And I've been married for going for twelve years now. Wow, so that's definitely a blessing. Yes, absolutely. Um, and you know, we can have a whole conversation about marriage, which we probably will have to do at another time. But definitely, because um, twelve years of marriage—that's that's a lot of wisdom. That's a lot of patience. That's a lot of love, understanding. Um, that's a lot of frustration. I'm sure everything in between. That's a lot of everything. It, it definitely is, and uh, there's been a lot of things in the mix, you know, being in the military, especially being dual military, which means that both of us were in at the same time. It was really, you know, hard to navigate different schedules. We were blessed enough to be in the same locations, mm-hmm. but that doesn't necessarily mean that we were on the same schedule. So, mm. And then everything that goes along with that lifestyle is completely different, and harder for I guess the average person to understand but through the grace of God we made it through and we are here yeah absolutely and then with three children I mean I feel like children in general when you throw children into a mix um like I said we could talk about marriage and and maybe that will be um if you would love to join me again once we get through this one um (laughs) um you know of having a discussion on marriage because I feel like having children it, it does change things um, and you're navigating, you know, you and your your significant other are now navigating how to raise this other human being, and in your case, three little human beings. Um, so that's a lot. But right now, really, this first episode, I want to really focus on you as a mom and your journey, basically through motherhood. Um, I know you mentioned you're in the military. You know, um, you're from the Bronx, so city girl. <laughs> Um, so kind of, um, what, how old were you when you had Jay Marie? I got pregnant with Jay Marie 
when I was 16 and I had her at 17. Okay, and you're now 33. So take me on that (laughs) journey of... Um, okay, so 16, so tell me, you're 16, you're, you're pregnant, you're, you're, you have her at 17. You know, what was that transition like in first becoming a mother? Um, was it what you had thought it was going to be? And then we can, you know, go into then your second, your third child, and then that, you know, basically that journey into each of your children and, and how that has changed you now that you're now 33 and you're a grown woman. <laughs> okay. But, yeah. So, so going back. 16 still wet behind the ears and it's actually interesting you know looking back at it now as an adult because when I was going through it girl I thought I knew everything I was 16 don't we all (laughs) the world is mine right but it was definitely hard you know there were choices that I had to make um her biological father was not present and um Mm -hmm. you know I'm, I'm still a kid not really understanding why he's not present, what he's doing, you know, why he's doing the things that he's doing, and me continuing, me needing to continue to move on with my life in order to be there for myself and my child. Sure. At that point, as a mom, you know, you don't really have that choice. You don't have that luxury of saying, you know what, I don't want to be there. But you know, especially when you're carrying this child you know what I mean but for you even to even recognize that at 16 or 17 16 is is I think that shows um your mindset at that time because I feel like at 16 17 that's a lot to bear at that age and a lot of responsibility and for you to recognize that I think you know shows the kudos to you but I guess like you said things got real real fast of course they definitely did bro I went into it saying that I was going to laugh through my delivery. I wasn't going to need any medication. Everything was going to be good. And I'll tell you what, I got there and <laughs> it was a different story real quick. Oh, wait, so so take me to that. So you thought, so you're for even your first pregnancy, you had a birth plan. You had an idea of what it was going to be? No, I did okay. not. I had an idea. Well, I didn't have a birth plan, but I did have an idea of what I thought it would be. Gotcha. Gotcha. Because, you know, at that age, I didn't really see anybody else who was pregnant or really have anybody that I can talk to. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know that it was going to take, that it could possibly take hours and days, you know, of labor. Mm -hmm. And so I was in labor for... A full day, and I'm so sorry, my dog is barking in the background. Oh, you're but you know how it girl, goes. you're fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I was in labor with her for eight hours. Oh wow! And, um, I pushed, I believe, for about an hour, and it got to the point where there was no return. And at that point, being a kid, I was scared of needles. Sure. And so epidural was not for me because. Again, I was scared of a huge needle being put in my back. Mm -hmm. And so it got to the point where the pain was absolutely unbearable and I was begging for drugs. (laughs) (laughs) And the only thing they could do at that point was give me Demerol. Okay. And that was hilarious because that immediately, all it did was relax me, get me high. But it really didn't take the pain away. Mm -hmm. And... I was incoherent, so I really couldn't pay attention mm. to the instructions that were being given to me. 
So, oh, so it's almost like counterproductive because <laughs> you yes, should really yep. be because my mom actually took that with my sister. You should. That sounds like that's something that you need, you know, pregnancy. You need to be in the moment. And now you're in this like, woo, is he feeling? And <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, uh, can we just stop and do this later? I'm tired. I really don't. I'm not interested in this anymore. And the doctor is looking at me like, are you serious? Like, no, we can't stop. We're going to continue. We're going to continue this process. Oh, wow. And so she was born and I brought her home from the hospital and my life definitely changed. I think the biggest driving force for me at that time was definitely my mother Mm -hmm. because she, you know, from the very beginning, when I first told her that I was pregnant, she could not believe the fact that I could possibly, that I could have possibly, you know, done that. But she was extremely supportive. And I'm sure as a mother now, you recognize like being like, oh, shoot, now I know what she thought at that moment. Yes, definitely, definitely. But, um, you know, I I don't know where I would be without that woman, man. She was extremely supportive. She went with me to my appointment. She was definitely my road dog. I actually was going to ask you about that at being so being so young. Um, you know, what support did you have? What did you have knowledge on? Well, like you said, you had an idea of what birth was. So technically, even back then, old school, like they didn't really give birth classes like that. You didn't really know like the ins and the outs. But the fact that you had a a support system, that's that's awesome. Definitely. I mean, they did have those things. But at that point, in my, in my mind, and, you know, how I grew up, that was, you know, rich white people that did things like that. It wasn't ghetto girls from the hood that had to well, I was just going to say, exactly. Them. That was like, yeah, people, yeah, for, uh, un- yes, 100%. And it's still kind of like that, though. Right? But I think it's more, I think we've come to a point in society where we're more open to trying different things. Especially with um, social media and seeing the different things that people do you know some people are kind of jump on the bandwagon and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they're more apt to be more open-minded than you know we were back then that is true which we'll get into because going now um segueing into okay so you have jay marie and I'm sure that can be a whole conversation in itself because you're 16 years old, you're trying to navigate. So kind of, I don't want to fast forward because I feel like that is, that's an important time. That's your first child, but kind of take me through those highlights. What do you remember? What really sticks out to you the most during that time? I know you said you had the support of your mom. So looking back, you're like, wow, you know, I got through. What are some big highlights as a mom do you think really sticks out to you for that time? And then how you went into, like, what then was next for you and Jay Marie? Because now this is you and Jay Marie, right? It's you two. It's, it's you two. Yeah, of course, you have your mom's support. But now you have this little person who is bound to you, <laughs> you know, for like the next, you know, who, you know, Forever. whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. So tell me some of those highlights. What do you remember from that time? So I want to say during that time for the first year, I was really trying to figure myself out, figure Mm -hmm. out what I wanted to do, because at that point, I was no longer in school. Um, I dropped out of school. I was working two jobs, trying to figure out, you know, really what I wanted to do with my life and how having a child was going to fit into that. Did you have any idea prior to that? Did you have any passions? Did you have any dreams? Did you have any thoughts of like, what makes me happy? 
Girl, if I'm being 100% honest with you, I just wanted to go to college. I had no idea what I was going to study. I had no idea where I was going to go. But who does? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so so go ahead. So now you're like, okay, I got to figure out what our next move is. Yes. And, you know, at that point, I didn't want to live at home anymore. But, of course, being in New York, I really couldn't afford and not and not having, you know, a high school diploma, at least I didn't I couldn't afford to live on my own. Mm -hmm. And so I started thinking about joining the military. And at first, I was going to follow my father's footsteps and join the Marines. But I was told by the recruiter, the Marine recruiter, that in order for me to do that, I would have to give up custody of my child. Oh, Because I was a single parent. Really? Yes. And there was no way I was going to do that. So I felt like that was something that had to be put to the side. So... I'm on this journey trying to figure things out. Um, and then my mom told me, you know, I've got to do something. Mm-hmm. You know, at that point, I wasn't in school. I decided that I wasn't going to work anymore. And I was just being a teenager. Sure. But, you know, being a teenager with a child is completely different than just being the average snot-nosed teenager. Yeah, you, you have this I mean? huge responsibility on your shoulders. Yes. And one that I wasn't really taking seriously at that point Mm because it got, you know, it got to the point where I'm like, well, he's not doing this, so why do I have to do it? Sure. You resented that. It was a lot of, yeah, yeah. And she, you know, she definitely put me in check and let me know that, hey, you know, this is not my child. I will help you, but it's not my responsibility. It's yours. Mm -hmm. And she had signed me up for GED class. And I really didn't want to go, but I also didn't want to hear him out. So I went. Um, my best friend and I, we went to class together. And one day I saw a recruiter. And um, I talked to them about joining the Army this time. Mm-hmm. And I gave him the whole spiel that the Marines had given me. And he was telling me that that's with the Marines, completely different, a completely different branch of service. So their rules were completely different. And he told me that if I could pass, if I felt like I could pass my GED, that he would get me signed up to take the test, and then I, I would join the Army. And so I'm thinking to myself, whatever. Okay, cool. I took the test, I passed it, and I went to the MEP station and got signed up to join the Army. Now, this whole process happened without me telling my mom. Hmm. So after it was already done and solidified, then I told her. Mm-hmm. And so, going back into the biggest highlight, I would say, of Jay Marie's early childhood, um, was me leaving her. Mm. And I think that's definitely, well, that is definitely one of the hardest things that I had ever done. And she was how old? I'm sorry. Or did you? She wasn't even two yet. Oh so my God. Two. Yes. So she was almost two. I left in June and she turned two in August. And you had to leave for how long? I left her for about a year. So I left her right before she turned two and I picked her up right before she turned three. Oh, man. That was, I'm sure that was, yeah. So, okay. So let's 
pause for a second because my son, I can't imagine leaving him for like two seconds. Um, (laughs) You know, you know, all these, you know, um, I have separation anxiety. Like, I think I really realized that, like, I I have separation anxiety with that. And I don't know if it's because I'm older. I, I, I think about that. Um, do you think you could have done that now, older in your age? Do you think it was easy, not easier, but maybe like you missed her, but you were young. So it's like, you're like, okay, I'll be like, you know what I'm saying? Like, do you think as you had your kids older, do you think you could have done that as you had them older in your older age? Or do you think it, you know, would that, did that make a difference you being young? I don't think age really made a difference. I think the necessity to Mm. grow was the driving factor. Okay, that's a good point. And being able to make that sacrifice, I felt like because she was so young, Mm -hmm. she wouldn't really remember. Sure, good point. later on, turns out not to be the case. Really? Yeah, but, you know, at that point, I felt like she was so young, she wouldn't really remember and I was I was making that sacrifice for us mm-hmm. moving forward. You know, I always say that that was the fastest, cheapest way for me to get out of New York City. Yeah. And just start over. And it set you guys up. No, I mean, did yes. you didn't you re, didn't you retire from the army? Um, I medically retired. Okay, but you've yeah. done. But meaning like that's been you've been in the army since this whole time. You, yes. you know, you Obviously. you know. It, it yeah, provided you a career, provided you, you, you met your husband, everything. Yes, yes my, my whole life yeah. revolved around the Army and still revolves around federal service. So I definitely... Which, thank you for your service. I, I didn't say that at the start of this because you mentioned the Army, but thank you for your service, you and Mark. Yeah, thank you for your support. But, um, yeah, my, our whole lives have definitely been revolved or have definitely has definitely revolved around federal service in one way or another and um it's been a blessing and a curse Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know it's it's definitely pulled me away from my family more than i wish it had at the time i really didn't consider um i guess the consequences of what could possibly happen me not being with my family i just felt you know you know the duty Sure, it was your first, I mean, that's your first big sacrifice, I feel. I feel, I mean, I, I haven't had any anything necessarily major with Jace yet as far as major sacrifices. There's been moments, but I feel like that was a pivotal time where you had to make a sacrifice and you had to make that decision, that really, really tough decision that you're like, okay, I don't know what the consequence, you know, I don't know what's going to be after this, but I just know this is what we need to do now. And you just kind of go with it, basically. You know, that's like your first, I feel like that's like real motherhood shit, for the lack of a better word. That's like you really coming in like, I got to do what I got to do. And I feel like there's moments of that, you know, um, where you're you're in the mix and you're like, yeah, I'm a mom, I'm a mom. But then those moments come and then you have to make this decision, this really, really big decision. Okay, so now you make this big decision, as we say. You go away for a year, you come back, now what? So now I come back. And when I left, I didn't have Mark. And when I came back, I had Mark. So oh, wow. It's like so he's I been left, in Jay Marie's life since she's a baby. Yes. Wow. Yes. I remember the conversations 
with him telling me up front, like, hey, you know, I'll take care of her, but there's no way I'm going to I'm gonna change her diaper. Like, girls, don't do that. You know? That's so like, funny. Okay, fine. I don't care. It's not that big of a deal. Until that first diaper change happened, you know? And yeah. you get that phone call back when cell phones were flip phones talking about, I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> You're out too long, and I had to change this girl's diaper, and why is this happening to me? Oh, my gosh. So it was definitely a growing experience for the both of us. Sure thing. And he didn't have any children of his own? He did. Oh, okay. uh, Yes, he had a son, but his son didn't live with him. He uh, lived in Canada. Okay. It was, his son wasn't involved. So for the longest time, it was just the three of us. Yeah. And trying to figure out how to navigate, I guess, being an automatic family, so to speak. Sure, sure. Um, You go from two to three. (laughs) Yes. Yep. And it was definitely a different, different for me because it was more than I had ever experienced with my parents, you know, not really being together and me not really having those tools. Mm family life so that was definitely something in the early years that was difficult for me to navigate because you know I didn't have those tools that are so important to me now that I pass down to my children yeah you don't recognize at that moment the importance of having those tools like you said it's not until you get older and then you look back and you're like wow because yes. you just don't know I mean we've spoken about this conflict resolution communication um how to even just talk properly to each other right like the respect and you know I know I grew up in a household of you know just a lot of just I mean I'm Puerto Rican and Italian so there was a lot of yelling a lot of cursing that's just you know just is what it is um but just learning how to speak to one another you know just so much and then you were young so not only you didn't have the tools but you're also young so you're also just trying to figure it out yeah, so that's definitely. even more so why we need to do a marriage one because I feel like from going from 20, right? Because you were what, 20, 21 or so, and now you're 33. Like, that's a huge growing, I don't want to say pain, but that's a gro- growing pains, growing situations, oh, girl, growing. Man, definitely growing pains. You don't even have to sugarcoat. <laughs> but you know, but I, I, yeah, and I wanted to say like the growing pains, but also like, you know, that's, that's, but also to immerse from that and being where you guys are that's what i'm saying is is yes. is is beautiful and 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 a blessing in itself um but i want to go back to okay so now you come with back with mark you have jay marie so now you guys are technically this little blended family yes this new family so, so you're little blended family we've got to find daycare everything was good um but then we're by we're we're on our own it's just the three of us mm-hmm. and i had never been away from home before And so I still relied heavily on my mom and really didn't understand that the transition, that there was supposed to be a transition from my mom (laughs) to my spouse. Sure, sure. (laughs) You know. Oh, that's another good point. Yeah. And so I was still young going into it. And then I want to say two years into our relationship, I got pregnant with Carter. Okay. And then right before I had Carter, no, well, not right before, but I want to say maybe halfway through my pregnancy with Carter, um, Mark and I got married. 
Okay. Um, yes. And so we got married and we went through that. Um, then Carter was born and now we went from having one child to two. And now we had a boy. So of course, Mark was definitely happy because, you know, he had a son, he had somebody to play football with, he had somebody to talk about the Giants with. Wait, and I'm sorry, how old is Jay Marie at this time? She's five, six? She was about five, yes. Okay. And I'll tell you what, I had always said that if she had turned five before I had another child, there was going to be no other child because at that point I felt like I would be starting completely over. Mm. So God is a comedian and she was four and I got pregnant. So. Girl, when it's meant to be, it is meant to be. What What is the quote? Um, not the quote, but the saying, um, make a plan and then God laughs at it or something like that. Yes. Anytime you make a plan. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so now, okay, so then take me, so then how was, how was the pregnancy different with Carter? How was, so now you have, because now you're going into having two children. I'm assuming, you know, you and Mark are obviously at more stable, you're more stable than you were at, you know, 16, 17. So that's, that's a totally different, which is a major, I'm sure, factor in it all, right? Because now you don't necessarily maybe have the same stress that you did with Jay Marie. Um, I think life, you know, we all have stresses and stuff, but it obviously was a different kind of mindset. So take me into some, what was that pregnancy like? So I want to say that that pregnancy was, it was different. It was definitely different because like you said, I had the support. I still have that, you know, maternal support, but I did have the support of my husband Mm -hmm. and that was interesting to navigate, especially with my prior experience. I really didn't know, as stable as I was, I still somewhat felt unstable because of my prior experience and carrying mm. that around with me and not really being able to, I guess, understand that just because one person slighted me doesn't necessarily mean that another person is going to do the same thing. Basically, to look at them as two different men. Because, girl, I've yes. been there. Yes. yes. And so I expected that the same thing was going to happen. Mm. But, again, it didn't happen. And so he was there for everything, for every appointment, for every doctor visit, you know, through my labor. And it was just an all-around, it was a good experience. I think the biggest thing that affected me with Carter was the fact that I had um, extreme morning sickness. <laughs> So everything drove me nuts. Like he, we had a dog at the time, and he would take the dog to go get groomed. The dog would come in the house, and I'm like, "You lied to me. You just went around the block. The dog is not clean." <laughs> like, like my sense of smell was oh wow, off. just just everything. So now it's a totally different pregnancy. Yes, definitely. But I, I, you know, I had him. He was happy. He was healthy. He was a very, you know, good baby. And so I was happy with that. Mm-hmm. Um, Jay Marie was definitely a good big sister. But one thing that was funny was that she she didn't really understand at that point, you know, what being a big sister was going to be. She thought that he was just going to come out of the belly and be able to play with her mm-hmm. and talk to her and do things because she wasn't really around other babies. She was around children her age and then adults. Yeah. So she just thought that babies were going to do that. And so when we explained to her, when she, you know, she realized that Carter 
wasn't going to do those things right <laughs> He needed away. some time to grow. <laughs> yeah. She was like, you know, she had the attitude, well, I don't like him. If I had a sister, my sister would do everything for Aww. me. And so three months, Carter was three months old, and I found out that I was pregnant again. Oh, so back to back. Yes. Okay. So I definitely have my Irish twins. And I'll tell you what. But was that planned or was that accident? Isabel was our definitely our happy our happy mistake. Oh. Her <laughs> <laughs> happy accident. But um no, but I'll tell you what that the last pregnancy, my pregnancy with Isabel, I felt like I should have felt the first time. Mm. Like when I got pregnant with Jay Marie, there was no real oh shit moment. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was just going through all the motions. But when I got pregnant with Isabel, it was like, oh my God, my life is over. Really? That's what you felt with James, with um, Isabel? Yes. Because Carter was so young. Like, I was uh, still breastfeeding him. Yeah. He couldn't do anything. Jane Marie had just started kindergarten. And so I felt like this just was never going to end. So you're, yeah, you know how, well, gosh, you went from transitioning, right? So you had this newborn toddler, kindergarten now, you have a newborn, and then you have another newborn, basically. Well, yeah, because by, when, by the time you had Isabel, well, Carter was a top year, some change? Carter was actually, they're actually a year and a week apart. Wow, okay, so yeah, that's, that's, that's a big challenge. <laughs> yeah, um. And to this day, they'll tell you, like, they try to trick people and act like they're twins, but they're they're really not. <laughs> um, and that pregnancy, by far, was the hardest one. Okay. Um, because at that time, we were going, we were, there was some turbulence in our relationship. Mm-hmm. But not only that, um, I had placenta previa. Okay. With Isabel. What is that? And what that is, is, you know, the placenta is supposed to be the afterbirth, and so that's supposed to be on on top mm-hmm. of the baby. The baby's supposed to be on the bottom near the cervix, mm-hmm. and so with placenta previa, it's the other way around. So the placenta is oh. on the bottom, okay. and the baby is on top. And what, what complications does that give, or? Um, it gives, it definitely gives you... A, an increased risk for um, what did they say? What maybe for, a possible um, miscarriage? Miscarriage, maybe internal bleeding. Okay, stuff of that gotcha. Nature. So definitely and not so, the most positive news to hear. Definitely not. And they um, also told me that I was definitely going to have to have a C-section because I couldn't push out the placenta before I pushed out my child. And sorry to go back. So, Jay Marie, you had natural and um, Carter, you had natural. No, Carter, I had drugs. Oh, no, I meant, but I meant you had um, vaginal is what yes, I meant. Yes, Okay. So, so Jay Marie, you had natural. You're like young. You're like, I'm doing this. Carter comes. You're yes. like, okay, give me the drugs. Carter, yeah, going back to that, when I got when my water broke and I went into the hospital, I told them that I was in pain right away. And Mark was like, "But no, you're not." And I said, "Are you pushing this baby out? Let me handle this." Really? He's oh man, gosh. Yes. <laughs> and I tell you what, I sl- I literally slept through my whole labor. I woke up, I pushed him for half an hour. He was out. It was perfect. <laughs> Definitely 
nothing like the first <laughs> Okay, so two vaginal. So now they're telling you C-section. Did you feel a certain way or were you just like, look, I just want a healthy baby? <laughs> At that point, um, I guess the ghettoness in me came out and I was like, oh, C-section? That means you can tie my tubes at the same time, right? <laughs> And my doctor was like, you know, I was in my early 20s at that point, and my doctor's like, you know, you really need to think about this. I was like, yeah, I, mm, there's not much thinking to do because I'm in my early 20s. This is my third child. If I continue this route, I'll probably have like eight, you know, and that's <laughs> definitely not what I want. Sure, sure. Um, so I went through that pregnancy. The, the running joke was, since it was a C-section, it was scheduled, and we could pick the date. So they gave us, like, a window. Mm-hmm. So Mark's initial reaction was to choose the same day that Carter was born. Oh, boy. And I was like, uh, no, we're definitely not doing that, because that would be a cool joke for them. It would be funny yeah, for us. For them, yeah, but they'd be like, really? They really chose? Like, come on now. <laughs> They're really twins, but exactly. Yeah, but you're not. Yeah, like, joke's on you. <laughs> just a year apart yeah but so we planned we planned that she would be born a week after and that I would say was the worst pain of my life Mm. because that was my first surgery Mm. I had broken a bone I had never had any type of surgery um and then with that my mom was in California and so it was me, Mark, the kids, and now I had to go into surgery. Into ma- to give, major, yeah, yeah, to give birth, yeah. Yeah, and so I had called my brother, and my brother was supposed to come. But siblings <laughs> have their own agendas. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he was five minutes late. <laughs> and so I, I went into this major surgery alone. Oh, wow. And, yes. So, I was in surgery alone, and when I, when, you know, they had told me she was born, I heard her crying, they showed her to me, I looked at her, and I was like, that's not my baby. <laughs> guys took advantage of me, and the fact that my husband wasn't here, and he switched <laughs> these children out. Because she looked completely different than Carter did, and completely different than Isabel did, and I, really? you know... Even the, but that when they're born, they all kind of have this like weird looking. But look. I tell you what, Isabel is definitely my swan princess because she was ugly. <laughs> <laughs> and I tell her all the time. <laughs> I was gonna say she'd be all your kids are beautiful, but that's funny. That's funny. I tell her that all the time, and she definitely made sure that she was the last one. <laughs> from having placenta previa, she had colic. Mm. So you didn't and experience that with the other two? No, I did not. Mm. Uh, she had colic. She had night terrors. She. How old was she when she had night terrors? She transitioned from colic to night terrors. Really? At a, as a baby? As a baby. Oh, and wow. And so she would just be She'd just be sleeping and just start screaming in the middle of the night. And yeah, this Jace went on had that she was for about, some time. Yeah. Yeah, and she this went on until she was about three or four years old. Oh, wow. And so there were times where I'll I tell you what, 
patience is definitely a virtue that I learned <laughs> during that those times because I didn't think she was gonna make it. <laughs> really? That she was gonna I, make it? That she was gonna make it because I thought that I was gonna go crazy, oh. that Mark was gonna go crazy, and yeah. then just kill this child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, obviously we're not murderers, and that wasn't the case. <laughs> yes. You know, that wasn't the case. That little, you know, little voice in the back of our minds went off and said, well, hey, this baby obviously is, is going through something. She's sure. Doing. She's not maliciously trying to ruin your life. Sure, sure. But at that moment, you're, because now, okay, so now, you know, you have Jamie who needs attention, right? Mm-hmm. Because she's, she's in elementary school, so she's going through her own bit of that right because that that's that those are big moments um and then you have carter but carter's kind of going through his thing how was he during that time with isabel like you know was he then the cool one in the middle like the one that was just like look i'm here i'm gonna just because like i can imagine like you know you have jamery who jamery she's in elementary school so i can just only imagine elementary school kids like she you know probably has her own thing she's like six going on like 25 type thing you know (laughs) like I just feel like I could just picture that and then you know you have Isabel you guys are like okay we're gonna freaking jump off this roof and then you have Carter in the middle who's maybe like hey I'm just here (laughs) yeah right um Carter definitely wanted to be the helper he wanted to do everything for his sister and so she was the last she was she took the longest to learn how to do anything because she had her brother and sister there to do everything for her. Um, and she that's was a, a good point. She was the princess. Mm, mm-hmm. She was the pretty, pretty princess baby. Yeah. And so she felt she really took that being a princess thing to heart because <laughs> he did everything for her. Oh, that's so sweet. Do they still have a close bond relationship? The close... They do. Um, Carter and Isabel are definitely really close. And as... Isabel gets older, she's more connected to her sister. I was gonna say, her yeah. She's now the cool teenager doing all the girl things and teaching her how to be a girly girl. Oh, so that dynamic, oh wow, that's an interesting dynamic because you have two girls, a boy, so you have the two, the boy and the girl that are close in age, so in essence, you would think they would be close just by age and connection. But then yes. you also have the two girls who they might not be close in age, but. Isabel is looking for some connection and I'm sure not value but what do you call it when you want someone to um like she reveres her sister like you know she just wants you know like notice me notice me you know she wants to be respected she wants to be like well I'm cool too type of thing you know Mm -hmm. yes and I, I definitely give it up to all of them they're you know they're really good kids they of course they give it up to all of them girl you mean give it up to you and Mark (laughs) well what we just make sure the house doesn't burn down. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, um, may she rest in peace, your mom, because, you know, I, I can imagine that support um, of being there. And it's, it's I, I feel like, you know, God just does things. So even just hearing your story and being like, okay, your mom helped, you know, your first child. Um, I'm a, I think you had mentioned when you went um, for the army, um, Jamie stayed back with your mom, right? That's yes. who she stayed back with. Okay. So that, that in itself, right? Your mom's watching now her granddaughter, grandchild, um, you know, and, and doing what she has to do to step in. 
and then the dynamic changes you come back you have mark and now you're you're growing into a woman yourself and you know coming into your own but still having your mom they're like oh man i just feel like the the connections of motherhood of parenthood that's really what it's about though right so your mom had you 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 got pregnant with jay marie I'm assuming just like any other parent, maybe that's not the direction she would have chose for you as far as the way your path was and how she envisioned, which like we said, it's not always what we envision, Um, you know, and then her being like, okay, well, now I got to support my daughter. And, you know, and then you come, like you said, you come with Mark. So now you're figuring out your life. And she's like, okay, now you got to figure out your life and all these things. You being a mom now does that change or what have you taken or what was I guess tell me some things that you've learned and I'm sure there's a lot from your mom that you really really use now as a mom you know like what are some things that you're like you know you emulate or you try to emulate I mean I'm sure there's things too like we all like we mentioned of changing from our childhood that we could have done things differently but um and our parents of course doing the best that they could you know um, but what are some things that you're like, yeah, this was my mom and I have to make sure I, I do this? The biggest things I want to say were respect. Mm. And and when you say respect, meaning respecting your children or just um, in general? Res- respect, uh, you know, teaching my children how to ah, respect gotcha, others. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. How to respect themselves and how to respect others. Awesome, okay. And, you know, so it's, it's been difficult, you know, because again, being a mother of a young mother of children that are older mm-hmm. in a new generation, it's kind of hard because I still have that old school mentality and where all my friends have younger children and so they're growing up, they're raising their children with the same um I want to say ideas that society has right now. Sure, sure. It's kind of of difficult. I was going to say, so, but, and it's fun, because how old are Isabel and Carter now? Carter's 11 and Isabel's 10. Okay. Okay, so here's the thing, because that's only a decade ago. That's really, that's only 2009. We're talking a decade. But how much has changed? So So I want to ask you, so one of the... One of the, you know, and I feel like this whole next conversation could probably be a whole nother half hour because that's what I really wanted to get into as, okay, so now here you are, you are a 33-year-old woman in 2019, you have this marriage with your husband, you love each other, 12 years in, you know, obviously, like I said before, you have wisdom, you guys have, you know, what you guys basically have built, right, your family, and then you have Jay Marie 16, yes, and then you have your 11 and 10-year-old. Um, and it's funny because they're close in age, right? 16 and 11 is not that. That's only five years. And as they get older, it'll seem closer, you know? Yeah. But the dynamic between a teenager and them is probably crazy. So what has that been like parenting now? Like, what, what has that been like? It's, it's definitely colorful. I would, I'll <laughs> say that. Um, I think Isabel, she learns from the other two mistakes the most Mm. um because she sees what they do and how they how we react to the things that they do and she tries to be the one i guess not to do those things which is good because it definitely could go the other way around 
Oh, yeah. um, so exactly. that's 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 very good. That's a good um, that's a good. Tra- she's on a good path, a good trajectory right there. She's like, oh, very smart girl. She's like, okay, yeah, <laughs> but she's also smart, but also smart like you like you. You know, she can notice what to do and then how not to do, how to get away with it. She's she's smart. She's using her senses yeah. wisely. <laughs> And so we're in a transition with Jay Marie because she's got her first job. She has her permit and is wanting to learn how to drive. And she is a junior in high school. And so we're transitioning to getting her prepared to move out into the real world. Because um, I told her, you know, when she turns 18, she's going to get out. She's got to get out, you know, she's got to get out into the world and really figure out who she wants to be and what she wants to do. Mm -hmm. Um, We've definitely set her up to where she can go to any college of her choosing Mm -hmm. um, and she can do anything, you know, that she wants to do. She just has to, you know, put in that effort to get herself there. And so we're transitioning there. We've got um, Carter, who is 11, and he's in sixth grade, and so he's in a new school now, and he's he's in middle school now. So we've got mm, that transition. That's such an impressionable, impressionable age. Yes, and so he's at that impressionable age to where, you know, he's trying to figure out who he is, mm-hmm. who his friends need to be, what he really likes, and it's crazy. Like I, we were talking earlier about, you know, social media where it wasn't really that prevalent when Jay Marie was a, chi- a you know a younger child. No. It definitely really is now. And so the things that we had to look out for her back then, you know, was like I remember she was downstairs playing with her friends and the girl's mom came up one of the girl's moms came upstairs and said, "Jay Marie, my daughter can't play with your daughter anymore because she said fuck." Oh my gosh. <laughs> and that was like, and pardon my French. Oh. But that was like the biggest thing, right? At that age. Oh my God. I'm like, my, my mouth is like, oh my, like. <laughs> you know, but I mean, those were the, those were the troubles that kids got in back then, right? And it doesn't really seem like such a long time. No, because it really, it really isn't. Been, but no. technology has definitely pushed us into an area to where yeah because she was born in 2000 she was born in the 2000 decade the 2000 whatever that yeah, would be not century whatever call it. yeah so that's oh man so you we really don't think unless we can really sit down and really think about how much things have changed over the past 10 15 years well i'm sure you could just look at that by your child like i think your children are like a uh, like her like you said you went from jay marie and you're like okay so how okay well and i don't want to fast forward too much because i want to go back to this but then how is that also for her joining social media being older do you think it was easier for her and you know being older um i want to say not necessarily so Mm. because peer pressure has a lot to do with that yeah and, you know, kids are going to do, I, you know, when we were kids, if we wanted to listen to specific music, we had to have somebody that had that type of music. Yeah. So we could censor, we were censored a whole lot more. Now they can just type it in the search bar and it pops up. Yes, so that is true. that we would, you know, want to censor, even for her being a teenager, you know, we don't really have control over that. 
and fit, trying to learn how to navigate these issues has definitely proven to be difficult. So how, so, how, so tell us, tell, tell me, <laughs> I only have one, what, you know, I can't even imagine because like you, cause then you mentioned peer pressure. So yeah, it's like you want to keep them away. But then if all of their friends are on social media or all their friends have cell phones or all of your friends have this one thing, it is kind of hard for you to parent when other parents aren't necessarily following the way you're teaching your children. And I think that's another big thing i mean that's life in general right that's the whole point we go out into the real world so we can we're only control we can only control ourselves and our reactions but when you have other human beings to be mindful of it's difficult when the other parents might not necessarily be on the same wavelength as you are yes and i mean and it definitely is and i know that a lot of you know there's a lot of parents that throw their hands up in the air and say it's easier to just be friends with their children than to actually parent them because parenting it's definitely difficult, you know. Mm-hmm. You have to be that strong disciplinarian, but at the same time, find that balance to where you're not a drill sergeant to your children. Yeah, of being you know? open, but at the same time, letting them know, don't try me. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, I, I wish you could see my face right now, because I, I always love to give the one eyebrow look that my girlfriends are always messing. They're like, when you have kids, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna give them that look like, listen, little MF, like, play with it, play with it, play with it. But at the same time, also being loving and nurturing and, but tell me anything, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's almost like trying to build that trust, because again, you know, we take for granted that our children trust us. Because they're supposed to, where they're prepared. yes, that is true. But That's a good really point. Work that yeah, way. That no. it has to be built, that has to be developed over yes. time, and it's definitely something that's hard to do, especially when you're dealing with teenagers and outside factors. They're yeah. trying to figure out who they are, and so they feel they start smelling their upper lip, and they start, you know, I don't have to listen to you because I'm grown. Yeah, I'm grown now. I don't need you to do all these things that I needed you to do before and they feel like that's their sense of entitlement that's their sense of being what being grown really is but then when you step back and you're like okay so you want to be grown you're paying for those next pair of sneakers Mm -hmm. suddenly jordan's turns into van yeah (laughs) yep you know and suddenly that dress that you really wanted that cost a hundred dollars you're really rethinking that because why can't you pay for it mommy and it's like because you're grown (laughs) exactly well yeah it's like well you're acting and i yeah because i feel like that's the important part of and 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 i also feel being in our positions again we grew up well i didn't grow up in the bronx i was born in the bronx i left when i was four i'm really a floridian however my parents left when they were in their 20s but my father has instilled in me like hard knock life you know like you don't talk to the police like i've just been knowing certain things since i'm young so i feel like the new york always stayed with me because my father was always like instilling things like you don't talk to the police you do you know this and you you know you don't trust nobody you don't bring nobody to the house like he was so big on that um gosh and i just lost my chair oh so i was gonna say and you know I didn't have, you know, my parents didn't have a lot when I was born, you know, um, one sneaker, you know, August is my birthday. So I got one pair of sneakers that one pair of sneakers girls was supposed to last me all year till my next birthday, (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, my, you know, it just was what it was. So we are now positions that we can give to our children. So it's how do you raise responsible children in a day and age where you have freaking $800 cell phones um, that these kids, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, how do you raise responsible non not privilege but um what's the word when you feel like you everything is owed to you it is privilege but there's another word spoiled i guess like spoiled children where you're giving them but at the same time being like um you need to hold your own like i'd be telling jace now he'll be looking at me with certain things like mine and i'm like oh no boo that's mine i'm just letting you use it and he, he doesn't understand but i swear sometimes he looks at me i'm like no that's mommy's i am letting you use this <laughs> you yeah, know so how do you well how do you the yeah. best thing that you can do because that's something that we didn't do mm. and as they're getting older we're noticing that they feel like they're almost entitled entitled that's the other word i was looking for yes entitled yeah and it's almost like hold on a second <laughs> just because you know we do this doesn't necessarily mean that you're entitled to have it this is yeah. just something you know that we've done but you're, you shouldn't expect this to happen. No, you're entitled you know? to what? Food, water, and shelter? Yeah, and maybe some children, right. and maybe some clothes so that child services don't come saying we got naked children running around. That's it. I and know, it don't right. even be Jordans. They could be like five ninety nine anything. They sell shoes in five and below. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely, that I want to say is a little bit harder because again, Kids in kindergarten have eight hundred dollar cell phones. That's what I was gonna and say. And I think yes. it's more so because a lot of the parents now they're able to give their children the things that they've never had, mm-hmm. and so they're just all gung ho for it. And we are definitely guilty of that. Mm-hmm. You know, we're definitely guilty of that. But as far as cell phones go, like our kids, Jay Marie got her cell phone at thirteen. Um, I think that's a good age. I think that's a good age. Yeah, Yeah. you know, that's the first time that she really needed, you know, had the need for one. Sure. And so that's going to happen for the the other two, although they've gotten a little bit crafty. They asked for iPods. (laughs) And so they have iPods, and there's such thing as Google Voice now. There's Uh, Skype. There's all these different methods. So it's almost like. I don't need a cell phone. Wait a minute. You know, I was just going to say, so wait a minute, even as a parent, oh girl, I feel like we could just go into you navigating being a parent at 16 and 33, because don't you got to be in top of all these damn apps so that you know what apps should, isn't there TikTok now? Like you need to be on top of all these apps. You definitely do. And not only that, but there are, there are ways to navigate around that so that you know what your kids are doing, but there's also your kids trying to figure out how to get around the system. Of course. And look, let's be real. They're smarter than us when it comes to technology. Like, let's yes. just be real. Yes. <laughs> because they got a friend who's got a friend who's got a friend who knows. mom is real yes. strict. And so they know how to break into all of these things. You know, and they learn definitely faster than we do, you know. And so you just got to make sure that you're giving them that foundation that you never give up. That's something that I continue 
I continuously have to tell myself, yes, yeah. I know that my kids are not always going to listen. I have to be prepared for that. Yeah. But just because they're not always going to listen doesn't mean that I just stop talking. That's true. That's a very, I love that. I love that. I love that. Because I feel like even at this point in your life, you're like, damn, I've been a mom <laughs> 16 years, you know, like, so tell me a little bit about that. Now, you know, you're an OG. You're an OG of moms. Like, you're one of my OG friends. I have another friend. Actually, I have two more. My other, my best friend, Marquita, who is about to have a 17-year-old graduating this year. Um, she got pregnant when we were in seniors in high school. And then my other girlfriend, um, yeah, she's got a 14, 15-year-old, I think, or 16. So you guys are like my OGs. Um, so tell me, like, you know, how have you changed? So tell me, Carlina. So now this next segment, because I feel like I'm glad that we had this, because I, I want to have another discussion with you at another time about just like navigating um, parenthood through social media and just the dynamic between your three children, right? That in itself, I want. I want to talk about your your marriage and just some words of wisdom and gems that you want to drop. But now. I want to know Carlina. So tell me, how has Carlina changed and evolved and, you know, from the little girl to now a grown woman, wife, mom, boss? Tell me about Carlina. So I guess if I can, if I can make it an analogy, <laughs> back, back then I was more like a sea urchin. <laughs> okay. Um, so to speak, because I was definitely rough around the edges and I will still say I am rough around the edges mm, but okay. more so now I, I'm more like a quiet storm ah. you know, I have the ability to navigate my issues a lot better mm -hmm. um, and not be so quick to just pop off that definitely was something that took a long time and I'm not perfect and there are times where I just see red and I'm just going. I was just going to say, can the, sir, can, what is the thing? Can the preacher say amen? Can the congregation say amen? Because girl, you and I are with me. There was a point in time, I mean, you couldn't say nothing because I was just ready to fight. And yeah, I always say old Nikki G and new Nicole, but go ahead. But yeah, it's, it's definitely true. You know, I, I'm learning how to you know, listen more, take, you know, guidance more and understand that I'm not always going to be correct. Mm -hmm. I'm not always going to be right. And that's something that has definitely taken a long time for me to really understand and really find to be true to myself, you know, because I always felt like I was right. And the world always revolved around me. And like if everyone owes us something. Me, then it wasn't right, you know. Yeah. And so I would say the biggest thing that I've learned is just how to calm down, relax, and accept things, accept that things are going to come the way they're going to come, mm -hmm. and that I'm not always going to be in control. The mm -hmm. only person and the only things that I can be in control of are the things that are related, you know, that concern me, my, sure. myself. Your reaction, how you, that's really it. That's, that's all we have control of. Yes definitely um so yeah i don't know just you know i have stopped taking things for granted yeah it sounds like also you know you it's lots of humility humbleness to be able to say yeah i'm not perfect either 
Um, and to say, you know, like you said, to be able to look, I think I, I know for me, some of my growth has been, I'm very good at introspection. Like I'm very good at being, looking at myself and always being like, okay, what was my responsibility in that? You know, um, yeah. and that has helped me tremendously, my journey, because I, I think for a lot, yeah, it's when you're younger, it's easier to point the finger and was just in a very bad relationship at a younger age I was always angry 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 um and that carried with me for a long time I was bullied at some point but that wasn't really bad but I just had this chip on my shoulder Mm -hmm. um and I think it took a lot for me to be like okay well what is my there's I feel like we have responsibility in everything right is cause and effect um yeah and of course there's certain things that do happen but for the most part you know in life you know we got to look at like what and for me that has been mine um or part of it but also going back, you know, to you and your, you saying that as far as, um, you know, not taking things for granted and kind of just being patient. Do you think a lot of that has to do with motherhood changing or do you think that's just your growth and just over time, just over time of learning like, okay, obviously the other way just wasn't, you know, I, I need to make change, you know, it wasn't working like this is just your or just your growth in general. I think it's a combination of a little bit of both because, you know, the way I grew up is not the way I want my children to grow up. Sure. And so I have to, I had to change and I continu- I continuously have to evolve into the person that I want my children to be or mm-hmm. to aspire to be. I definitely don't want them to be me. I want them to be way better than me. Yeah, know? sure. And be them or in person, but to know you can't tell them stuff if you're doing the same shit. Like you exactly. just can't, you can't. You know, have to be able to walk that walk if you're going to talk that talk for sure because your children hear one thing and they're tired of listening to you but they're going to watch what you do and they're going to go ahead and do those same things and there's going to come a point in time where they're going to check you Mm -hmm. you know because they're not going to be babies forever they're going to start having their opinions and they're Mm going to start expressing those opinions and how you deal with that will determine that trust factor, you know, and what they're going to come to you with and, you know, the things that they're going to tell you. And that's so, that's something that I've learned over time. And so it kind of made me less hard, I guess. So Mm. yeah, brought you back down. I think, I think that's a very, very good point. I think that's something that because I'm older that has been able to help me with because I do recognize plus I read a lot of shit and podcasts I'm always listening to someone to try I, I love learning hearing people's stories and, and and stuff one of the reasons why I wanted to start this because I wanted to give other moms the opportunity to speak and 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 use this as therapy to talk and listen you know tell their stories but I think has been just trust is so important with kids and I feel like that the old school way of parenting again you know and there's no knock because right every generation you're doing the best that you can but you take for granted that your children are supposed to love you (laughs) that they're supposed to trust you and you're supposed to do all these things just because they are part of you and you birth them and it's like no you gotta you know you want love you gotta show love you want trust you gotta show trust and like you said I feel like kids can't call bullshit and I just recognize that because I remember I'm the girl I was the kid I called bullshit to this day and I would look at my dad like but you raised me to call bullshit you raised me to call this but when I'm caught when I'm calling it on you it's a problem so I recognize if I fight that with my son as he gets older he's gonna call and be like really ma I can't take anything you you say seriously because you're bullshitting 
right that's in essence what it is like you gotta be real but i guess it goes back to your point of how real because you don't want to be a friend you want to be a parent but at the same time you want to be real and be like yeah that might have been my errand whatever whatever but xyz you know what i'm saying and i feel like that's that's a i was gonna say that's that's another just another aspect of (laughs) of parenthood there's like a million (laughs) there are i'll tell you what there are definitely a million aspects of being a parent and just when you think you got it figured out something else happens and you realize that you have nothing figured out and you got to start over square one yes i mean and then the whole next conversation i'd love to get into mom guilt but i'm not even gonna ask you that question a mom guilt i'm gonna end this um i want to kind of end this on some more getting to know you just to ask some questions about you my rapid fire mama question <laughs> okay so as a mom what's your favorite indulgence like your favorite thing that you're like oh, i need to indulge my it could be a bath it could be chocolate what is that one thing that you might not even be you might even be like damn that shit was 25 dollars, but i don't care i want that little whatever or whatever that is I want to say getting my nails done, Girl, getting my yes. nails done, getting my feet done. I'll just go, and I don't care. I, you know, <laughs> I don't care if it costs me two hundred dollars. It makes me feel good. Yes. You know, and there's been times where I'll be at the nail salon, and they'll tell the, you know, the person will tell me the price, and I'll see people on the, next to me giving me the side eye, like, "Are you serious?" And it's like, yes. I work hard. <laughs> I take care of my kids. You, I pay my bills. Yes. This is for me. Yes. And this you think about it. I know for me, all the times I had to paint my own nails. I always said when I was younger, I want someone to blow dry my hair, clean my house, and paint my nails because <laughs> I just didn't want to deal with it. <laughs> Which I knew I had to work hard to get there. What's your biggest guilty pleasure? guilty pleasure or not biggest just what's your guilty pleasure that you're like i know for me is reality shows i would that's say one of them. um being with my husband after the kids go to bed we we watch tv at night mm-hmm. and eat snacks <laughs> so I, I would definitely say and that's i would definitely not recommend that to anybody <laughs> who's trying to lose weight or who is trying to be disciplined in any type of manner but you know that is just something that we you know we do it's your connection it's time you know yeah it helps us wind down we'll we'll pick a show we binge watch um right now we're watching um better call Saul. Mm. which is a spinoff to breaking bad yes yes it's really good and so we'll binge watch that and we'll eat snacks until we go to bed oh that's so sweet though what is your favorite movie my favorite movie (laughs) my favorite movie is pretty woman oh yes girl that's a classic that movie can be on any time any day that's just a classic it's funny i took a gender um woman studies class in college and she hated that movie she i think she did her thesis paper because she was like because it's a woman studies course so she's like no and they made the prostitute and she had to be saved by the man but i'm like come on now like it's just a love like really like it's pretty woman freaking julia roberts and richard Gere. like come on um what's your favorite book my favorite book Uh, what is the name of it? 
the five people you meet in heaven. Ah, yes. I forget the author. Yes. Um, Mitch Albom. Yes. Yes. I've read that book several times, and I actually have more than one copy of it, and I absolutely love it. And he had a part two that came out, and it was so interesting to read how he intertwined both, you know, both books together. Mm-hmm. And it, it was just so interesting because it allows you to see how even though we're not necessarily connected in a way that we would assume that we would be connected mm-hmm. with each other, we definitely are all connected. Mm-hmm. I never read that book, but that's always been on my list to read. I think they made a movie of that, didn't they? The Five People You Meet yes. in Heaven? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I remembered when that book came out. That was a bestseller. Um, it was always it's always been on my list, so I'm, I might have to do that. But I feel like there's so many books I want to read that, Lord, like the time to read all the books. I'd be reading like every chance, every hour I could get during the day. Yeah, Mitch Album definitely, he's got he definitely has my heart, and it's interesting because he's a sports writer. Mm. When he gets into these, you know, non well, these fiction books, he is just amazing. That's awesome. Um, okay, and then lastly, who's your favorite artist? Could be, if you're into art, could be music artist, could be, you know, maybe an actor. It's just someone. Who do you, who's your favorite art, artist? Who do, or someone that you really admire that you're like, okay. I'm going to have to keep it real. It's Mary J. Oh, okay. I love I that. Love because her, her music is just... It's oh, inspiring That's, because yeah. even before this whole women Me Too movement, mm. she was preaching about that stuff. Mm-hmm. She definitely and, was. You know, she definitely puts her soul into everything she puts out. And, you know, she has new music now and they're club bangers. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, they are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she's, she's remained relevant over you know, an extended period of time where a lot of people really haven't. You know, there's a lot of people right now trying to make a comeback and they haven't, you know, they, they're not really successful. They may be with, um, like, niche audiences. Yeah. But I think all around, it's Miss Mary. Love that. Love that. I love her. Um, that No More Drama song. I remember watching the video. She would sing that song. I would get chills and cry. <laughs> cry like oh and i love things that make me cry where i can feel it i just i love it um all right yeah, well, her new song it's called um no mm. that song is off the chain really okay i yes. will definitely have to check it out i feel like i'm so behind on the music scene that is definitely one thing that even jaren and i both say it all the time because he was always into um like downloading the newest music he's like i don't even know where i would get music anymore now like i just feel like and that was just with a couple years like i just i'm so far out of that removed um but i try to because i feel like music oh god music has saved me you know such pivotal moments of my life um and maybe i'm just in a moment that i just don't really need it you know but i would definitely look out for for mary j blige no um, but all right, Mama. Well, we're run, coming to the end. Um, is there any last 
any last things you want to say it's been a pleasure thank you so much for coming on and supporting me i loved having you i cannot wait to do this again with you if you will have me to do this again <laughs> yes i just want to say thank you um this is definitely this is my first time doing anything like this and i want to say that i am out of my comfort zone because Aww. i consider myself to be an introvert really but, but you were so I, excited you know, Huh? Yes, and you've been so excited. I would have never known. Yes. I'm excited because I've committed to trying to change myself for the better. That's awesome. And the way I've been able to do that is to do a lot of things that I necessarily wouldn't like to do. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, But I can't say that I don't like it if I've never tried it. I love that. And so I tried it. I'm enjoying it. And so I'm definitely open to doing it again. Um, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to really voice my opinion and speak to whoever needs to be spoken to. You know, there's sometimes that people don't have the right question, don't know the right questions to ask, or they Mm -hmm. feel like their questions aren't really valid, their feelings aren't valid, and that's not true. Everybody's feelings are valid, whether, you know, they're valid in that moment or not they're still valid absolutely girl i love that yeah and i you know i the last thing i want to say yesterday i um i got an email from somebody at work and um on the bottom of her email she had this quote and i saw it and i was like you know what that is definitely the truth and so i'll leave you on that note okay and it said um God says you weren't rejected. I hid your value from them because they weren't assigned to your destiny. Oh, wow. Yes. She has that on her email? Yeah. Okay, you need to say that again. Please say it again. Say it loud. God says you weren't rejected. I hid their value from I hid your value from them because they weren't assigned to your destiny. Wow. That is so powerful so powerful it it definitely is you know a lot of times we feel we listen to those haters you know we feel like that we're less we're less than who we should be or we're not enough Mm -hmm. and just because somebody doesn't see our value doesn't mean that we don't have any value that does mean that we don't have any value with them but we need to continue to push and find our value in the things that really matter because if they really care about you they're going to be there. Absolutely. And if they're not, then they just weren't meant to be. And, you know, I was at a conference just last week. And one of the things the lady, a really successful businesswoman said was, as women, especially as moms, we want to take everyone with us. We want to care for everybody. We want to, you know, take care of everybody. And she was like, sometimes you just got to leave people where they are. And I feel like that quote kind of also resonates there in the sense of some, you just got to, I think it goes back, you got to accept what your destiny is. Like you said, ignore the, the naysayers, the haters the noise um you can't bring everybody with you not everyone's supposed to be at your destiny not everyone's supposed to be at on your journey exactly you know everybody has their journey and sometimes those lines will intertwine and sometimes they'll stay that way and other times they're just gonna go in opposite directions and that's okay because that was what it was supposed to be and i'm so thankful that our paths crossed i am thankful that you are part of my village i am thankful that you are on this podcast and i cannot wait to do it again you rock you are a superstar 
Um, so I just want to salute you. When I edit this, you will hear background noise going woo <laughs> just to honor you. Um, and I can't wait to edit it and, and um, publish it. You are awesome. Thank you so much, Mom. I hope you have a wonderful evening. And I know I'll talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> you too. I will talk to you later. Yes. Good night, girl. I'll talk to you later. Mama's no best. Thank you. We definitely have something to say, girl. Good night, mama. Besos. Bye. Thank you for listening to the third episode of the Mama's No Best. We got something to say podcast. Tune in next time to hear what a badass mama of two boys has got to say. Continued blessings to you all for love and light.